everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Coming to you Monday afternoon after a, a wonderful win under a blood red sky at Anfield against the Manchester United team who turned up in uh, a very pale shirt and a very pale imitation of what used to be Manchester United. Uh, joining me on the pod, he was at the game yesterday, is uh, Jay Reid in Liverpool. Jay, happy man this morning, obviously. Of course. Uh, you know, it's just another free point. Be the blot on our copybook. That is the the draw that they managed to eke out of us at Old Trafford. But I've, I think there's levels between us on and off the field now between us and Man United. On the field, it's thirty points. Off the field, it's maybe thirty million at the slightly ahead of us. But that will soon change in time. And I think it's well and truly a shift into the power guard. Um, Right the way down the east, yeah, and and it's for, for a long period. Oh, of yes. it really like, and that's what I say—a pale imitation of what used to be Manchester United, and 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 it really was. Um, I, I, you know, I've been banging on, and you know, we we've been on this pod. I said it'll be close. It'll be close it's because of the history of the fixture. It'll be close. It it should never have been that close. It never have been that. It was men against boys. That was the most flattering two 0 that you probably see this season. Because it should have been easy five six. We 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 had a couple of goals ruled out. We had two or three proper good guilt edge chances wasted, and we could arguably have had a couple more that the game made a few decent saves from. But at two 0 they got they got out lucky, and maybe we've done everyone a favour by keeping our leg in the job. Because if we had battered them six or seven nil, then they would have been asking for his head to roll this morning. So maybe we've done the league a favour by keeping him in a job. Jay, you say there would be... I'm not so sure that... I'm not so sure that they're ready to do that. I'm not so sure they're ready to get rid of him because he he is just doing enough. And and their form is that inconsistent. You guarantee next week they'll go and batter somebody 4-0 and that'll paper over those cracks again. There's never seems... They're not bad enough to lose like three or four in a row. They're not good enough to win three or four in a row. And... And that seems to be, and it's maybe the way that that club's being run. But I know there's a Liverpool podcast, but you know, as I say, it's a pale imitation of what used to be of Manchester United. You know, there doesn't seem to be the right. You know, it's been played to death. They are being very, very badly run, but there is still a core of decent players there. There's no two ways about. It. We can't get away from that. There's some decent players in that United team, not enough of them, but they. They're never progressing with 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 Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Never. So, is it going to take the second year? And this will be the first time that they don't qualify for the Champions League two years in a row. They take massive financial hits on that. Maybe this is the year that that that, that they get the wake up call and maybe a plan is put in place. If, well, the fact that he probably is actually going to stay. If you if you listen to those who seem to be connected to Manchester United and you talk, you're going from so-called pundits in the game, such as the likes of... Roy Keane was, was advocating giving yeah. him two seasons Roy yesterday. Roy Keane was adamant that he's going to give him longer and stay. And I mean, I don't know how connected Roy Keane is with Man United. I'm going to say he's not as connected as the likes of Neville and stuff. But even other people in and around Manchester United seem, in the powers that be, and probably those who are more in the know, seem to think that he's going to get given the time. And you certainly can't say he's not being given the money because look at the money they spent in the summer arguably not spent it wisely, but that's for them to judge on, not me, because we've spent our money wisely, not them. Um, and the world's most expensive defender got out-jumped by the second world's most expensive defender yesterday. We'll just slide that in there. 
but but if they were properly coached, Jay, if, uh, do you think massive the, issues from top to bottom? They, they, which, there is no doubt about it. Which proper coaching would help immeasurably, in my opinion. We, yeah, that may go away to help and what. And the I pitch. think that's that's the point. It, it, they're not bad players. They're not awful players. They're not the greatest that Manchester United have ever had. But we're not seeing them give maybe a hundred percent of what they're capable of. And I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the man to get it out of them. That's maybe the point I'm trying to make. Well, I suppose you could sum that statement up in if you're a team going in at one nil down, which Manchester United did yesterday, and they got lucky. The fact that they should have been 2-0, could have been 3-0, but Wijnaldum's goal was ruled offside, rightly, when, when you look at it in the current state of affairs of the game. But 2-0... And we'll get to would, the Virgil incident next. Yeah, <laughs> would, would not have been a, a wrong scoreline to go in a half-time. But you've gone in at 1-0, so you've got away with one. At what point do you go out and give that performance in the second half for the first 20 minutes, albeit Liverpool stepped the intensity level up and really had to go at them, but they were meeting fire with fire. If you're 1-0 down, you, you've got to put something into, into what is probably their biggest game of the season against us, even though Man City might argue otherwise. But what does he say to them at half-time where they come out and just don't seem arsed? Like, it, that, that is a level of the reflection of what's going wrong there. Like, if you're a Man United supporter and you've watched that first half, then you go, right, well, we'll get into the second half. We'll give it a big 50 and we'll... We'll try and push for the goal and we'll we'll try and make a game of it. And they just come out limp and weak. And I, I said to me, mate, actually, at half time, second half, Liverpool sprinted out as we always do, put a put a marker down, we sprint out the tunnel, we get in our shape. They ambled out of the of the, the changing room, whether they were physically and mentally drained after the forty five that they've just had or not. But body language was showing there. We were ready. We were pumped. We were ready to go. They were ambling out like, have we really got to play this 45? Because we don't really want to. And then I think they, they, they were gone well, there. There was a crazy stat come out, Jay. Sorry to interrupt you. Apparently, we have not lost under Klopp when we scored first at Anfield. Something mad like that. Well, we've not lost at Anfield in 52 games in the league, have we? But, but so, I think under Klopp or something mad like that, if we've scored first, we've never lost. I think... And I would, I wouldn't know the exact stats, but I'm sure it popped up on the telly screen last week against Spurs. I think it's less than four or five games that we've lost at all, home and away, in which we've scored first in the Premier League under Klopp. I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty certain it's round about four or five at the very most that we've scored first and that we've lost, which is an outstanding figure, but. Given the fact we've lost one in sixty-one games, isn't it now that or something like that? Exactly. And then, and then, as you say, you look at their their second half, before, and we should, and again, we should have had another maybe two or three in the first fifteen minutes of the second half, Jay. At least two or three. It was scandalous that we didn't score. Like it was just like, at what point are we scoring now? In these, I think it was a ten-minute period. I think we had seven attempts on goal, and it was a it was a case of when. And who is it going to be? Because we were peppering the goal, and we had them all over the place, and it was, it was, it was frightening how good we were. And it wasn't just one type of attack. It wasn't like we were going to Trent and Robbo and whipping balls into the box and deep positions. It was all over the place. We were getting to the byline, cutting it back. We were shots from distance. 
We were driving through the middle. We were cutting them open. It was literally all hell break loose at United and they were hanging on and hanging on. And I don't know why we didn't score, but we didn't manage to. I mean, on another day, we probably were five nil up there. I don't know how Pereira didn't score, to be fair, as well, Jay, because I was, I, I don't know how he missed that. Well, you, you could have said that that wouldn't have been a shock given what's gone in previous seasons with Man United that they've just always managed to nick a goal. And I think maybe for the first yeah, and time... And maybe a more even game, but this was, as I alluded to, this is men against boys. They deserve nothing from that game. No, 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 no. They, they, they came with a game plan of get out of here with what we can, whether it's... If at the very best, they, they get, they, at the very best yesterday they were getting out of there with a draw at the very very best. But I think realistically, if you'd have said to an honest Man United fan, not a, not a, a staunch biased fan, if you'd said to an honest Man United fan, we'll give you a two 0 defeat today, they probably would have shook your hand and went, "Yeah, okay, we'll walk off with that," because you've not humiliated them, even though we did, apart from the goals scored. Um. They, they would have took that because, the, as I said, there's levels above us and 30 points is, it says it all. And just a little stuff for you, what our two main rivals in, in Premier League historically is Manchester United and Everton. Their points combined is still less than what we've got at all. And if we were just to have our home points alone in the league, not away games, we'd be currently sitting fifth. <laughs> So that's how good we are, and that's the level above that we are. Like, what a time to be alive! I'll, I'll, there's, there's so many people don't appreciate what they're seeing at the moment. They really don't. They, they don't realise how, how how seldom this type of stuff comes around, and especially at, at a club like. But listen, let, let's get into to, to the goals, Jay, and the goals that were and the goals that weren't. Let's say, uh, and the first one, Virgil Van Dijk, magnificent header, magnificent. Joe Gomez played a blinder as well, sort of just took Maguire out, just about on the on the, the edge of legality. Uh, big Virgil, what a leap. Um, I don't know which was better, the leap before or the celebration leap, but a hell of a goal. He, he's phenomenal. He, he is the best in the world at what he does. And all the plaudits that have come his way over the past 18 months, it's all fully deserved. And it's no coincidence that in the past 11 games, we've kept 10 clean sheets with him and Gomez and Alisson back in there. It's no coincidence that... I think think that is a really harsh... Sorry again to interrupt you. I think it's a really harsh stat because the goal that came along since Joe Gomez came back was when Henderson was standing beside him it wasn't even a proper back two and that's no again no slight in Jordan Henderson but it wasn't it wasn't our our centre back pairing so I prefer the stat to be when Virgil's standing beside them they haven't conceded at all yep 10 clean sheets if you want to put it like that but even just the fact that we've now settled I know it's been unfortunate case of circumstances that Lovren and Massive for being out injured, but I think maybe if you put put the gun to people's head, then that's your that's your back two anyway. And I think they both rub off on each other. And the fact that maybe Gomez isn't the goal threat that Van Dijk is, he's a physical presence, as you said. He 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 weighed into Maguire enough to 
to maybe stop him in his stride. But Maguire's not getting up there. Not the size of him. Not not, not compared to Van Dijk. Van Dijk was a, a foot and a half, two feet in the air above anybody else. And nobody's challenging him. And when that ball is whipped in from Trent and it's put on the money, on the six-yard box, the keeper it, well, some keepers might come for it. The guy isn't coming for that. He, he's rooted to his line like he, he quite often is. And it was no... No slight on our presence in the game that we we took that goal because we'd had a couple of chances earlier on that we maybe half chances that we could have got our noses in front from. But when when he rises and meets that, then nobody's stopping him. No goalkeeper's stopping that ball either, though. So it was more than we deserved, and it's always sweet, always sweet when we score at the Anfield Road and and the players run off towards the away fans, and you you don't even have to do anything. Just run past them, even if you run to the main stand, you just infuriate them, and they're a horrible bunch of this anyway. So, the fact that he done it, ran past, just let them know that they overspent massively on Maguire <laughs> and his big fat head. Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw a great, I saw a great tweet last night. It said, you know, Virgil Van Dijk seventy five million, Harry Maguire eighty million. You want to know the true value of these players? Put them for sale today, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Some, <laughs> I mean the. There isn't a price on his head because what, you what is the price him. you pay? You, you, you could, can't. You, you couldn't. It's, it's just impossible to buy. Um, given how good he is, given that, like, you know, we can talk about Messi, we can talk about Ronaldo, we can talk about Manny, we can talk about uh, Salah. There's there's no one else in the conversation with, with Van Dyke. That's how good he is. He is a level of his own. I. You get players who, who play sports, a variety of sports across the world, basketball, baseball, football, rugby, and they're the best at what they do in that position. And there's nobody comes close to them. And you've got it in every single sport. There's that one player, whether it be a batsman in cricket or a bowler in cricket or a kicker in rugby or a pitcher in baseball, whoever it may be, whatever they may do, they are on a level of their own. And in our sports of football, We've come accustomed to it being Messi and Ronaldo because they score the goals, they take the glory. And defenders and midfielders are a lot often overlooked. But we've got the best in the world at the defence in Virgil van Dijk. We've got the best in the world goalkeeper in Alison Becker. And we've got arguably three of the best 10 attacking players in our front line. And then you could even say we've probably got the best defensive midfielder in Fabinho. Yeah, and the best fullback as well. Yeah, reinventing the position, Jay. Reinventing so, the position. I think we are maybe two or three players away from having arguably the best in their position at what they do in every single position on the pitch. And if you've got six or seven of the best in the world at what they do, you can you can carry a few average players if you want. You can carry a few bad players if you need people. We just happen to have very good players in them positions as well. So we're honoured and blessed that we've got this team. And as you say, all aboard the, the ride because we've we've got to enjoy it. We you've you've seen it before. We've all probably seen it where we we've we've seen the bad times, you've seen a few good times, but this is an exceptional time that we've just got to we've got to take this it could, in. This we've could got be to enjoy something it. we've never seen before, Jay. You know what I mean? And I've I've seen all, all the league titles and this is this team has the potential 
they've, they've a bit to go. You know, they would need to they would need to win back to back titles, but I think they're more than capable of doing that in the next few years. More than capable of doing that. I think we're you know I think we're seeing something really really special here. But I want to I want to move on and stay with Virgil. Uh, I'm going to just say this to you about the the De Gea incident. And Virgil's innocent, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, he didn't okay. fuck all Jay. He did. Okay. Yeah, his arms were down. His arms were by his side. How that is called a foul? Okay, it's the goalkeeper. But even at that, there wasn't even a raised elbow. There wasn't a raised hand. He he managed his position in the air of bringing his body shape to completely, you know, straight up and down. Well, when Gary Neville and Roy Keane are saying it's it's a joke that VAR have ruled that out in the Man United versus Liverpool game. At Anfield, that they're saying that's wrongly ruled out, that tells you everything you need to know. Because in any other situation, they're giving Man United the absolute benefits of the doubt more than 100 times out of 100. <laughs> but in this occasion, they knew it was right. And from my position, the other end of the ground, uh, as soon as I, it was contentious that it was going to go to VAR, I said it, it'll get ruled out because it's, it's the goalkeeper. And it's just an easy option. And that can ram the argument back down the throats of everyone who's saying it's, it's Liverpool and VAR is the only reason we win the league. No, it's not. It's because we're the best. But he jumped up and he obviously he sees De Gea coming. And De Gea isn't the greatest at coming out and collecting balls. He's, he's always been a bit of a flapper. Not Meg, but we'll get to that. <laughs> mm, we will get to that too. But I, Virgil is clever enough to know that right well. I can't physically go up because if he goes up with his elbow, as soon as he raises an arm, it, the rest blown for it. The but rest yeah, you didn't can blow you because can his arm see him down. changing his body shape in midair. You can see that right. I'm going to be come into contact with him here, um, or he's going to come into contact with me. I think it was because Virgil for me was jumping directly straight up. The hair was coming towards him, so the contact was being initiated, Instigated. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. by by the hair's movement. And Virgil saw that coming and prepared himself by by basically making his body straight. Yeah, and the fact that the ref didn't blow for it, I the the, the main issue. And with he was standing with, beside it. He had a great view yeah. of it. The main issue with having with this VAR is who's running the game. Is it the is it the VAR refs? Is it the refs on the field and whatever? And who has the power? Well, before VAR came. It was that guy in the middle where he was wearing a black shirt, a yellow shirt, a green shirt, whatever colour shirt he's wearing. The man with the whistle with the man who gave the rules and, that, and what he said goes. Why are we not letting them have that say now? Because but, but did you see the reaction? Well, you did because it was in front of you. The way the United players approached her, I thought that was bang, bang, bang out order. Well, the guy who put his hands on the referee is that not a send off offence in today's Well, he got, he got a yellow, which is being suggested is going to be rescinded. And I'd be, I'd be wary of that because regardless of whether the decision was right or wrong, there was VAR in the game. It was going to be changed. Why, can, why do they need to, 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 to crowd the referee like that whenever there's a VAR decision going to be going on? Um, you know, if, if it goes against them, maybe I can understand that. But whilst it's ongoing... That to me was like you know that's the same. They've got they've got like no con, they've got no control these referees anymore, and it like it, it happens every weekend, every game. It, the referees are being undermined by the the monkeys who work for the referees' body. You, or some or some See, referees. I, I'm going to tell you another thing. You see, if they had a mic on, 
those players could not be abusive towards them because they'd be, and, and this is what we see in rugby. I keep going back to rugby every fucking week. You know what I mean? The players then can't be the same level of abuse towards the referee because some of the shit was being thrown at them there wasn't nice. No, and for me, I don't know. I I don't know why Michael Oliver didn't have that game yesterday because he's the best ref that we've got in the country, and I think he's probably the most respected because he is the best ref. And for me, there was a lot of dubious calls yesterday that went and and were flagged off, were flagged back, and whatever and so forth. But I think it was easy for VAR to give that because it was paused and he was getting the abuse from the players and he didn't he didn't have control of the game. So it was easy for him to for VAR to give that. But I think maybe if it was a stronger ref, a, aka Michael Oliver, then if he's let that go, he he would probably pioneer and go over to the TV and have a look at it on the screen. Oh, and he likes to go his own direction. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy I'm happy with that. But it's it's all a shambles. We we have it every week now. The same conversations of VAR fucking up football, and it's not a fault in in what it can do. It's the fault of the people using it. Um, it it shouldn't be referees who are obviously all in the referees union. It should be an independent panel. I've said this all along because if Craig Porson could possibly be our VAR referee, I think for the Wolves game this week. So. Who's to say a similar decision that he doesn't change his mind because he's swayed by what's happened in the previous game that he was involved in regarding Liverpool? It should just be an independent panel who are held accountable. It should be four or five people who are, who cover all the games and then they're, they're the panel and what they say go. And I, as you say with rugby, you understand what goes on because the referee has got the mic on. I watch, and it also educates you. Yeah. On, on the rules of the game and how they're administered and, and you end yeah. up with a much more knowledgeable position watching the game I, I watch cricket and I watch the NFL which both use video referees and like, there's a number of like you have a couple of umpires on the field in cricket and they go upstairs for the review and you hear the whole process of what has been gone through totally whether transparent it's, whether it's going to happen or not you, you hear every process you can see it on the screen I'm not asking for that necessarily in football but if you can have a an idea of what's going on because in the ground yesterday what you may not have seen on the TV was at first it was VAR possible offside then possible foul then possible offside and then foul they, that was the four screens that come up within about 30 seconds because me as the fan who was sat at the other end of the ground had no clue what was going on we, we gathered it was going to be for the foul but the first one that came up on the VAR screen was possible offside. So we didn't know what they were checking for. And if we don't know what we're checking for, and then you've got the likes of the players on the pitch, you're just getting hounded by the United players and then waved away by the, the Liverpool players aren't even bothered because they're too busy celebrating. Then all of a sudden the whistle goes down. Nobody seems to know. There's just not enough clarity in the in the game. And it, it it's really frustrating. that that That's the most... Annoying part. It's, it's just so frustrating. Me, Jay, because, you know, at the end of the day, it seems to be the referees' union have always been a closed shop. It's, it's fucking worse than the Masons, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, they, they do not want to move into the 21st century. They do, and at the end of the day, you see, I'll, I'll hark back to rugby union yet again. They see the money that they make out of selling the, the little headphones that with the ref mic 
at each game, I think it used to be like ten euros for Ireland games down in in you know in Lansdowne back then. And you were paying ten euros for this little headset. Okay, you could use it for all the games, but you're selling those outside the ground. More revenue. It's all about fucking revenue. But the referees know they don't. They they don't want to be called out, and they don't want to be seen to be called out. But but uh, anyhow, then we have a genie one album goal ruled out for offside, and you know by the eye you can see it's offside. Um, I don't think I don't think we have the same level of of dislike towards it. You can you can visibly. See more, more or less, he's offside. Would you agree? Yes, but I don't. I don't think that went to VAR, or there was no VAR checked off flag. I don't. Th- I don't think it needed it because it was uh, no. clear from from but, what I saw on, on the stills. It was clear. I think that was also a case of his body was going one way and the defenders going the other way. And I, I mean, whether you you're seeing the situation that like was proposed by Sunes on Sky a few weeks ago, where if if your foot is on side as such as if it, you, you're as an attacker going forwards and the defenders going in the opposite direction to try and catch you offside, we're being ruled off now for armpits and nose hairs and everything else. But there's got to be become a point where if it if you if it for me if it's daylight if you, if there's there's a clear distinction between you're off and you're onside. If if your back foot is still level or behind the defender if you're going in the opposite direction then for me give the attacker the benefit of doubt because then you get them yep. goals that's what we go to see we go to see football to see goals we don't go to see no nils if you wanted that you go and support so but we don't we, you see, like, I, I, don't, I don't think football was ever invented with you know the year 2020 and, 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 and the technology available to us today um, you know, it was it was a game played by human beings and adjudicated by human beings, and human error comes into it all around. And in my own opinion, if if it looks sort of level, if it, you can't decipher which one's on or off, you give the give give the, uh, the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. And if it's clearly offside, or you can decipher it quite easily, you call it offside. And the the referee should be able to go to a screen and make that decision. If it's contentious, and 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 it just removes everything. It, it's clear, it's concise. But you see this going down, as you say, to armpit hair and whatnot, and and, and fractions of inches and whatnot. Forget it. I think it's it's it, football. What was never created to be to be scrutinised that in depth. It's it's killing it's killing the game in terms of the passion. Like we, we we've all in the past well, before. What, being Tommy Firmino, when he put the ball in that, what was the first thing he did? He looked behind him. To see whether the flag was up, then he looked up above him to see whether VAR. Was, you know, he scored a what a, a beautifully taken goal. That well, it wasn't a goal, but a beautifully taken shot. And and and, and his first reaction, rather than celebrate, is to see that it's all going to be okay. That's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Even as fans in the ground, you're doing it. You're looking. You you you're half expecting it now, unless it's a a clear goal like the Van Dijk one. Like I, I don't think that there ever will be. Unless there's maybe some sheer pulling or some something really wrong that a player's gone down in the box that maybe you think, oh, what's happened there? But that was a clear free header as such, planted in the back of the net. You know it's a goal. Where the one with Ginny and the Bobby one, you you're automatically looking first of all, you look to the linesman. Then you're waiting for the you're sort of you're celebrating, but you're also waiting for the fact that oh, this could be offside or so it could be a foul, it could be this, it could be that. And in the back of your mind, that hundred percent passion of scoring the goal was now eighty percent, and you're—it's a working man's game. 
it always has been. And you, you and I have all, for the masses. Struggled for the boss. <laughs> yeah, you 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 work all week to pay your money to go and watch the team, to enjoy the game, to to see goals, to see excitement. And if you're not a hundred percent enjoying it because somebody behind the computer screen is measuring that his big toe is more offside than his little toe, then I mean that that's not football. If you if you want to do that, then play computer games. But that's not football. Not for me. No, and I don't think it's for anybody, Jay. And now we'll move on to <laughs> we'll move on to one that Fire didn't need to get involved in uh, the Allison assist. Um, and you know we, we talk pre-pod, Jay. And you know to me, Salah was he frustrated me, and then he goes and does that. Not <laughs> uh, not Meg's De Gea makes a complete fool out of him, runs the length of the pitch, holds, I think it's young James off, like like he's a he's swatting a fly the whole time. The strength of it, the finish of it, just the speed of the man, the composure. Where was that for the other 92 minutes? <laughs> when when we, we brought a double sub on, which we, we'll get to in a minute, the, the, the lads who come on, because um, we want to make a few points on those as well, but when we brought the double substitution on, it was uh, Fabinho and Origi who come on. I fully expected one of the midfielders and one of the front three to go off. Um, and you just thought, well, Mane's always a threat. So he, he's, he's the obvious one. You leave him on. Salah's, he's missed a few chances. It, it's, it's not his day. He's, he's He maybe ran himself into the ground. So, you know, bring him off. What are we? What are we to know? Like, um, whether he's managing Manny's minutes or whatever, we 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 will never know. But I, I think that I've said that a few times at the ground where, when we have a corner against us and we defend the corner, we bring every man back. I said, why don't we just leave one of them just like thirty yards from our goal, just in between the centre circle and the edge of the penalty box, because that then gives you that option. I know we can strike fast, but. It was because Salah was maybe a bit tired and couldn't be bothered getting all the way back for that corner or whatever, or whether it was tactically you'd been told just to hold a bit of a higher position. But from the moment when Alisson gets it into his hands, if you watch it back, Salah then pulls away to the left-hand side of the pitch to make sure, first of all, he stays onside because he's in his own half, so he then cannot be offside for the cry as you were trying to say, where's the VAR? He should be offside. He was in his own half, so get the rules right before you start shouting crap like that. But he pulls away, so he distances himself away from James. So when Allison drives the ball out to him, he's got that space between him and James then to, to approach into the goal on a good angle. And with that, put his body in the way. So it, it, it's clever, even in the 92nd minute, to know what to do to give himself that few yards of time and space and then as you say he, he basically carried James along with him saying are you coming with me for this run because I'm not giving you there and you're not going to win it off me so if you want to come and run with me that's fine and then to have the composure just to slot it between his legs and then I don't know if yourself heard that I obviously didn't until I got home but the, the Martin Tyler commentary of oh the front three have never scored against Manchester United Salah's never scored against Manchester United but I'll tell you what Martin if you're going to score against Man United, I'm about doing it in the 92nd minute and putting it between the guy's legs. Oh, and then I'll just rip off the top and just show you how ripped I am just to shut you up. Because at that moment then, 
was the massive, massive relief of the goals gone in. And a lot of people have said it, a lot of people have kept quiet, but it was the first time in unison the whole crowd said, we're going to win the league. And I think that was the, the big moment yesterday, the, the yeah. straw that broke the camel's back of people who were trying to just keep it on edge and keep it quiet. Nah, that's it. Now it's done. Like No. Jay, I, I'm 6,000 miles away from it. And that was my overriding feeling when that goal went in and, and the celebrations that surrounded it. And it was almost, uh, you know, I said to you pre-pod, it's like they know as well. You know, they know that, 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 that they have to continue on, but, but they know they're not going to be caught. And I think that was, that, was the vindic- that was the rubber stamp on the whole thing uh, for themselves. And I think the celebration of that second goal, it, it was a little much, I thought. Um, you nah, know, oh, it, no, 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 it's never too much. <laughs> no, but but what I mean is, it, it, but but it said something more than it. We've just beaten you two 0 There was much more. There was much more significance to it. There was so, so much more subliminal messages to be taken out of it. Yeah, I think Salah's not Im- immune to to criticism, but I think he's been harshly criticised in some cases this season. And as we said, he he wished a few. He was wasteful. He could have been brought off, but. He kept, he keeps plugging away. He doesn't give up, um, and I think it only takes a second to, to score a goal, Jay. <laughs> it, it, it does, and I'm, I'm trying to think of the ways to sum it up. But like the fact that Allison, a, had set it up, and then he, he was adamant. He was the first man getting down that pitch, and he was he was sprinting past players. Obviously, he doesn't do as much of the leg work as they do in the in the normal ninety. But he keeps himself busy and active, and he was like a like a 100-metre sprinter down that pitch and he made sure he was the first one there and if he didn't have the last 10 metres in his legs he had them in his knees because he slid for miles with them tight some but it, it uh, back to Pepe Reynolds or whatever but I think as you said he, he's, he's, he's having the best time of his life he's the best keeper in the world he's not conceded a goal for six or seven weeks I think it is now and like those two goals weren't even his goals. They were Adrian in the derby, so it might be about seven weeks or something like that since he's actually conceded a goal. He, he's the best in the world at what he does, and we keep saying it, but that was the moment. That 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 was more than than just a goal. And yeah, and that, that's, you, that's you, what you, I was you, trying to say. <laughs> you don't, you, Salah doesn't whip his shirt off for no one. I think maybe once before, I think it was maybe Southampton away, and uh, when we we fought back and got a late winner, that he's took that he's done that before. Um, I think it was in the purple kids a couple of years ago. He whipped his top off, but that's something you'd expect from Bobby. But I think it was more deep rooted for for him personally that he'd been knocked and there was this sort of little niggle in the back of his mind that you've never scored against Man United, and he just rammed that right down the back of the throats of all the people who've doubted them. And it harps back very, very nicely to the very first thing that Klopp said is he's going to change us from doubters to believers. And when the whole cop and the whole of Anfield rises and now you're going to believe us, we're going to win the league, then that's it now. We've come full circle. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's really hard. Like we we've we've res- we have resigned ourselves. <laughs> we we have accepted that we're winning a league in this podcast for for quite a while. We've been quite bullish on it, 
Um, and with with good reason because it's, it's been justified. And, and with every game that goes by, you know, you look at it this weekend, Jay. Our, our so-called opponents are, are falling over themselves to drop points. It, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and while they're falling over themselves to drop points, uh, we want to move on to substitutions. Big man Fabinho's back. That's not a good sign for the chasing pack either. Oh no! When when he went out, I think there was a lot of a lot of Liverpool fans like, "Oh, now what do we do?" Yeah, because we were very. It was very the first concerned. of the spine that we were going to be without for for a bit of a while. Yeah, I mean, like we we missed Allison for a short while, but Adrian stepped in and done done himself more than proud, and he managed to win himself a trophy in the meantime. So we got by with that one. We've lost a couple of defenders, but we've got by because we've just had enough. Excuse me. And then when he goes down, he's the best in the world at what he does now. He's the best defensive midfielder in the world. And we were then scratching our heads thinking, okay, what do we do? And I, myself included with the first what was right, Ginny goes and sits in there because he's probably our second best midfielder in terms of adaptability and playing that role. But credit where credit's due in terms of Jordan Anderson has stepped up in terms of not every game but there's been occasions within games and he delivered a lot more Jay, maturity. It, was, it was only for a stage during the Tottenham game that I sort of went fuck we could use Fabinho here and he'd been yeah. out that, and, and you know he was due to be back the next game and that was one about here we could have, we could have done for it. and Henderson had a ropey 20 minutes in, in that Tottenham game where you sort of went Ooh. and that was the only time you felt you missed him yeah and I think yesterday he could have come on a little earlier when when Ox went off. And for me, I don't know if Ox had picked up an injury. Maybe that's why he was so frustrated or whether he was just frustrated that he'd been a bit wasteful in a couple of chances and things hadn't necessarily fell his way. But he had a decent game yesterday. But bringing it back to Henderson, I think, you know, we all maybe did worry a little bit, but we've we've got by and we've more than got by. Like, and we've not missed Fabinho, which... That says a lot about what our midfield has done. And it's not just been Henderson alone. Yesterday, for me, the man the match was Wijnaldum because he was everywhere on the oh, pitch. He'd done protects, absolutely protects everything. the ball like nobody else in football. He's gone arse like nobody else in football. And he, he he is the man for the big occasion. And I, it's like something drives him on inside. And he can be absolute chalk and cheese some games because you wonder what, what is the genie Wijnaldum that was there last weekend but he, he was he was dominant yesterday he was everywhere so while like some people are lauding Henderson because he's the captain and he's English and whatever and whatnot he did have a decent game but decent is just enough when the lad next to Wayne Alden is having a phenomenal game and it's a blessing that we now have got numbers coming back with only a few shots I think maybe it's Keita Milner and Lovren out of the select first team that was short of, and I think Lovren's on his way back. Not that he's getting in anytime soon, but it's a body. Should we need it for the likes of the cup games that we've got coming up? Um, but it did was you nice see Lovren see moving on. on in January, Jay? No, no, I, 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 would, I, would I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame him. For t- why, why would you want to move on? Yeah. Even like Shakiri is probably the closest to the exit well, door. Well, the fact, the, first the fact now, you know, you say, Why would you move on to play devil's advocate? And I agree with you totally, but just to play devil's advocate. You know, you've just stated as well, you know, everybody's come back and, and you know, he's not going to get game time. 
if he really wants game time, you know, he could he could he could go and, and take up the offer. I think it was Roma or somewhere we're looking for him. But as you say, there there's there's medals to be had. You, you, they don't they don't just give them away. And I think if you are Shakiri, then the likelihood is you probably know your cards marked for the summer. And I think if me if if an offer comes in of extortionate money in the last week of January, and I'm talking like twenty five million plus, because that's doubling your money on what we pay for them. And I think the club might say, "Do you want to go?" Because we'll accept that. And then it's down to the ladder. This will, but this will be this will be the, our next problem with the, the, the problem of success. Whenever you do want to sort of you know, re- refresh the squad, and and you got players from you know a lot of money, big contracts. That you know, we see it with Gareth Bale, you know, and, and for a different reason. But you know, you also have the the sprinkling of success now in this team. Who would want to leave it? You realistically, you wouldn't unless you've got the wholehearted ambition of I just want to play football. Which for me, un, unless like you're playing as your local Has club. Has Shakiri ever looked like that player who just wants to play football? Um. Not for a long occasion. time. Not on, on occasions, but I think... But, uh, but what I, I mean by that is the majority of places that he's gone throughout his career, he's ended up on the bench and he seemed to be quite happy with that. You know, I'm, I'm talking about... You know, he went to Stoke, obviously, where he, where he was a starter, but was he a starter anywhere else, really? No. Uh, only when he started. You see the point, Basel, see the point, that, see the point uh, that I'm making in regards yeah, to him? But I think also... I don't think Klopp would physically force a player out, but I think he does no. know that their time is up. Maybe in the summer you have that com- that that stern or harsher conversation. You're not in the plans. That's that's the way it's going to yeah. be. That sort of thing. It, but I don't think it, you do that mid-season, and you don't cause the ripples or the potential ripples in the water at that time. No, so I think it'd only be a case of if if it if it is a club that comes in and says we are going to give you this money, and the club are happy with that that offer, then. I would imagine the conversation would be, look, there's an offer there that we deem acceptable. What do you want to do? Because it's up to you at the end of the day. We're happy to keep you, but if you want to go, you want to go. And then that, that then is a reflection of the player. And I would imagine if you're the player in this team, no matter age or ability, if you're sniffing around this team, you ain't going to want out, especially not till the end of this season, because as you say, there's medals to be had, there's history to be made. So, why would you want not want your name attributed to that? So I don't see anybody going unless it, it might be one or two youngsters at very most maybe going out on a low move or some of them might just find themselves out They're on a They're going to be coming deal. back. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, you could be talking kids who are knocking around in the under-23s who've got no future at Liverpool. That might be the only ones you see going out. I don't, I don't see anyone else going in the... In, in this window, maybe you might see a loan deal, but I think Klopp's already shut the door on the fact that Curtis Jones was, was looking at going out on loan, but he's not anymore. So the obvious one was Bruce that he's gone and he's got he's getting game time because he's, he's not really goals. been <laughs> he's not really been in the squad at all, has he really, because of a couple of injuries, but very nice to take a goal out the weekend as well. well okay. I mean if if you just look at the lad, he he's got ability and he must be right. He must have something if Klopp rates him so highly. And if he can go to Swansea and get himself six to eight goals, then then he's he's done his job. And 
and I know you're not massive on social media, but when he scored that goal at the weekend, I think pretty much to a man, the whole squad had congratulated him at some point via social media, so they can see he is going to come back and he's going to play a part. So, yeah, so, I mean, it, it... he is the one who needed it more than anyone. I don't think there's anyone else who, who needs a loan massively there because the Curtis young Jones is, is writing got. his own headlines, to be fair. Um, and, and you know, he, he's done very, very well, whether it be with under 23. But I think with the under 23, certainly the game after he had played in the, 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 the FA Cup, it, you know, I saw the video of it and the goals that he scored. He's head and shoulders above them now. It's, it's almost like it's too easy for him under 23 level. It is. And I think he, it's just the age with him. I think it. I think he's just eighteen. He could be yeah eighteen and a half. So I think maybe Klopp's just thinking like, just get you, just give you this season, give you a little taste, and maybe next season, just get we'll, your head. We'll we'll let you go out for a year, and I I would not be surprised if he ends up in Germany because mm-hmm. I, I it seems a good hunting ground for, for young English lads. Yeah, it's a great place for development. And, and um, they get their chances. But listen, I, I, want, I want to move across um, uh, to, to our next topic, which is Planet Divock. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and you come up with a wonderful analogy, free pod, and, and uh, about you know what we we never really know what to expect in, in the fifteen minutes that we get from Divock Origi. And you know, I, I love the guy. It's like as you say, there's stone Divock, there's t- switched on Divock, and you can get all three in a fifteen minute cameo. It's I said to you before the pod, like it's you don't know what you're going to get from the lad, and I think that's why we all love him because I, I'd said you look with the game. There's 15 minutes to go, and Klopp turns around and goes, "Divock, you're going on," and he sort you'd imagine the conversation goes, "Am I really?" He goes, "Yeah, just give us 15 minutes. That's all we need." Manny's looking a little tired. Just go on there, give us 15. I can't boss. I can give you five. But, oh, five will do but you're going on for 15 so just get on there for 15 minutes if you give us five minutes of running around that'll do it's so fucking true uh, and, and, it's if, so true. <laughs> and if the ball falls in front of the goalpost just put it in the back of the net for us please and then even when he scores a goal it's like oh, what do I do now like I've scored it might might be important that um, and he, it would not have surprised you had he come on yesterday and he have done that what Salah did at the very end and sprinted away and scored that goal and it would have added to his legendary status that he's already got at the club. And it would not have been a surprise because he only scores big goals. He doesn't score many average goals or like, you know, you don't you don't see Divock scoring the second goal in a 3-0 win against Southampton in, the, in a few weeks. It, he'll save well, his goals. There's for, significance for the, for the to everything big, he does. For a big there's, game. Yeah. And if, a... if, you, if you turn and say to him... If I go on there and give us half an hour against Southampton, they ah, that's not for me today. Sorry, boss. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, uh, I've, I've forgot my boots, boss. <laughs> you, you just imagine he lives in his own little world, and that's exactly well, fine. Even by Milner's us. comments in his book about him, you all as well on Planet Divock, and that, <laughs> and that's where I drew that from. And and it, it was a description of him that they just love. Uh, and I say, you know, you can't not love Divock Origi. And, and it's bizarre because two or three seasons ago, you'd never have thought that would would be saying those words. But as you say, he just doesn't score ordinary goals. They all have a massive significance to them. But then our final sub um, is another. It's just it's the curious case again of, of Adam Lallana, you know. And and you rightly said, Prepod, if you ever wanted 
to, to, to take Adam Lallana's Liverpool career, just look at the last three games and, and, and you have it from the sublime to the ridiculous. Yeah, sum it up as the good, the bad, the ugly, which I said pre-pod to you. The good being the performance he put in against Everton in the FA Cup, he was everywhere and he, he took the arm back. Led. After, yeah, after, he, he led the whole operation. And he was phenomenal. He, and I've not actually seen a 90 minutes from him like that before where he, he's actually kept his legs going for the whole 90 minutes and kept the press on and looked after the players on the pitch. Then you would say the bad was yesterday. He come on, I think after about four minutes, he fell over his own feet and you just think, what? what, what what's he got on his feet today? Like He's got these yellow things on. They could happily be bananas or something like that because he was all over the place. And then the ugly, which if you take it as the ugly part of the game, which is what he'd done last week against Spurs when we just needed to to hold the ball and kill the game and he was happy to run into the channels and take a couple of fouls and retain possession, do a nice few crouch turns, just keep us ticking over, kill the clock. That's the ugly side of the game and that probably sums up his career at Liverpool in a microcosm of three games is the good, the bad and the ugly. You don't know what you're going to get. For me, yesterday, when Ox went off, it was the time to bring Fabinho on, but you'd imagine maybe the sports scientists have got to say in how long he was going to have yesterday. So that would be the only the question on that. The intensity of that game, but the, where, where it was at when Fabinho came on as well, because they had that period, Jay. Where they, <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm not saying they were great by any stretch, but but you know we had we had huffed and puffed and we hadn't been able to convert anything. And we're always look. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to have ten minutes in a game. They they had a good, I would say, twenty five to thirty minutes of yesterday's game. Oh my god! And maybe just before half time, you know the, the type of game that we're in, the intensity of that game. Um, you know, it's Manchester United that you know in that period where you know they're they're in their good ten minutes. The intensity of bringing Fabinho maybe on in the middle of that, and that's his baptism back. I'm not saying he can't handle it, but maybe it was thought better of and decided that he was going to be the second sub. Yeah, you could probably argue that might have been in Klopp's thinking and, and the fact that he was it's his first action in. Is it what? Yeah, like, you know th- this this whole Rashford thing is 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 all over the press, and you know United are getting slated over that. And he was sent out with one stress fracture to get another stress fracture. You know, obviously Fabinho's not injured, but he's coming back from injury. Why send him out too soon into that? That like let's say that really sort of hard hard fifteen minutes that we're in, um, not the place to come back, in my opinion. The one thing we we know with Fabinho is he. He likes to put his foot in and in the pressure cooker of that game, it might have been a quick and easy yellow card for the referee to dish out and then all of a sudden you walk on a tightrope for 25 minutes. So maybe when you take a, a step back and look at it in, in hindsight and you take away the emotion of the game, then, then it possibly was the right decision. But we've got three games coming up in the next eight, nine days as it is from as recording now on a Monday. So he's going to get his minutes across them three games. He'll, he'll, he'll get back in the full swing of thing, And then, you know, that, that's just another another cog to add to the machine that we've got in the midfield. No, without a doubt. And, um, you know, well, I think we'll leave United there because that should be on, us done and dusted within the season. Well, we, unless we get them in the cup. We've, we've left them 30 points behind us as it stands. So uh, yeah. we can leave them where they are. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I wouldn't mind them in the FA Cup. It'd be a bit of fun. Uh, nothing else now. You know, it's, it's uh, you, you fancy us to beat them, but there's a team that I, I don't know whether I fancy them to beat them or not because they're they look a much more difficult proposition, especially at home. 
uh, is Wolves at the minute. And, you know, Nuno's got them playing some great football. They've had a bit of a topsy-turvy lot of results recently. But you get one gets the feeling Liverpool are coming to town. Um, they'll, they'll be back to, to, to clicking in, in the place again. And I'm not saying we can't win this, Jeff. Of course we can win it. But I think it's a, it's, this, is a, this, is, this is a difficult away trip. This is the fixture I earmarked, I think, about three weeks ago. Was our next possible, only maybe with City, depending on the situation, a difficult fixture left in the season. Because given what happened in the Wolves game, it's still raw. It was only a few weeks ago. Obviously, all the VAR farce and stuff and they were, whatever. Jay, they were, and they were good for a draw. Like, let's whisper it, but they were good for, good for a draw. That, that goal with, to me. Without it, without. Traore, Jimenez, uh, Dorsey, and they were missing somebody else, I think, uh, from their regular, what would be go-to starting eleven. So they invested, I think, four players because they played Man City about 43 hours before those. So they're a decent outfit. I, I think they're, they're arguably in the top four teams of, this, of the league. You could arguably put like obviously Man City up there, and then you could easily throw a blanket over the likes of Leicester, Chelsea, Wolves, Spurs, maybe Arsenal United on the day. Could be that. There's no reason why they aren't all in that picture for the for the remaining European spots. And on the day, Wolves have, have proved that they can beat any of them. Um, it won't be easy because it's first United under the lights. They're going to want a bit of blood after what happened with the last fixture. I don't want to say this, but if someone offered me a draw now, I'd take it because they're going to be our hardest fixture in the next seven or eight league games that we've got. Jay, you know what? I, I could I could buy into what you're saying. I can buy into it a whole lot easier given the events of the weekend past and the, the points drop and everything. It's one where you feel that you, you recognise the danger, you recognise and you know you respect what they're doing there and you go... You, know, you take a point, come away from that. I'm still with your unbeaten record. I, I, we, look, we we have plenty to win the game, but if we didn't, a draw, as you say, would not. And if, and if you hand it to us now to, to preserve it, I'm not sure I'd grab your hand. I'd certainly, I'd certainly seriously consider it uh, taking a draw right now. Yeah, and the only other little thing that proper niggle in me is we've dropped points in one game this season. And it was away at Manchester United. And if we were to win every other game for the rest of the season, that it, it means nothing, but it'll be the one little thing that they'll cling to is we were the only team to take points off you. And I'd quite happily see us draw one of the games so it's not just them with that little... And, and, and especially... Just that tiny little smidgen of something that they'll hang on to. Like, we were the only team to take points off the, the Invincibles or the whatever you're going to call us, should we go on to to do the the unthinkable or possible, whatever you, however you want to look at it. But I would like to see us draw the game just so it's not that niggle. For me personally, that, I don't that, know how it is for other fans. I, no, I, 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 I don't see that. We will draw a game somewhere. We will. Oh. Um, and, you know, we have, I'd, I'd said to you just two minutes ago, we were, we, we got lucky against Wolves at home. You know, someday yeah. we won't get lucky. I'm not saying we're going to lose, but that 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 win will become a draw, um, and and that will happen. There's no way that we can go and 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 win every game. 
we can go unbeaten, but I don't think we can win every game between now and the end of the season. Just, there's no reason why not. I mean, Wolves and Man City away is the only two fixtures I see as being posed a threat. Yeah, but the Champions League starts coming into play. The FA Cup we're still in. Yeah, you know, the, the fixtures come around. There'll be a drop-off somewhere. And, and I'm, not talking, about, never, I'm not talking about a loss. Inevitably, like well, yeah. But, inevitably, but if, yeah. If you tell me we're going to go to the end of the season without dropping any more points in the league, I, it's possible. But Of course it's possible, but it's highly unlikely. It's more likely that we'll be invincible than it is us winning all of the remaining games, <laughs> if that makes sense to you. Yeah, that, 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 that's a high, high possibility. I think the only, the only way I see it that we potentially have the drive to go on and win all our other games is should the worst happen in the Champions League and we we crashed out of Let's Go Madrid and then we've just literally got the league and the FA Cup left to play for. So it'll be then right, right, well, we we can't retain our Champions League title, but yeah, we're just no, gonna smash no everyone. Way we're going out of the Champions League. This no, this no, to me no, is no, just... not to them, but I mean we it, have, it, we have, it, anything we have, can happen in football. We know that. We we have had the Christmas period where there's been no um, Champions League football. And what have we done during that period? We have put our own league to bed, effectively, to allow us to concentrate fully on the Champions League. It's 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 straight out of the fucking Alex Ferguson textbook, as much as it's like the old bastard. You have to respect what he did. Um, you know what I mean? Um, absolutely. And, and this is what Ferguson used to do. He used this time between um, the, the beginning of December through to, to the end of February to fucking nail his league then he could start rotating. Then he could start this, that, and and that's where we are. I, yeah, I'll be honest. I've never looked at it like that because he, I don't. We've never been in the fucking position to look at it yeah. like that. <laughs> I, I I I didn't want to look at it like that because it was United. But yeah, well, I suppose when you when you do put it like that, then we we we'll see. I mean, we we've got to get over this this next hurdle, and it's. Given what's gone on the weekend in terms of those around us dropping points yet again, then you know it, it it's made our job ever so easy again. And it all it's done now is it it's a case of when it's it's going to be over. Um, but it also maybe takes that little bit of pressure out the fact that they're not not that they were ever really realistically possibly going to catch us, but. We've just extended that gap again, even further. So maybe the, the lads have got that little bit of pressure. And as you said earlier on the pod, that the relief of when that second goal went in and when the crowd said, now nah, you're going to believe us. And then the players you, themselves, the body language sources, of suggested, right, well, that was, that was the one we needed to get over. And it, it just potentially has relieved a little bit of pressure where we can probably go with, into the game against Wolves with our shoulders a bit more relaxed, even though we know we're going in against a, a tough team and it's going to be a tough game. Oh, indeed. Um, you know, well, I think we'll, we'll sort of leave it at that and we'll do predictions. And uh, oh, I'll let you go first, Jay. Uh, what, what, what's your gut telling you? A very a close game. I'm gonna I'm gonna say two one. <laughs> I can I can see them them probably breaching us at the back, which is. Seems to be in, in, impenetrable at the moment, but I, I just think, yeah, it's going to be a, a close game. They, they'll probably get a goal, um, 
but I can see us taking it out 2-1 and may, maybe it might just be a last 10 minutes that we we nick a winner um, but it's it's going to be a hard game I, I was going to sound mad and, I, and I'm torn between 0-0 nil, nil and 2-0 to us <laughs> it's, it's a weird place to get caught between uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go for 2-0 I just don't think we're we're in a mood to concede at the minute. I just don't think we're in the mood to concede. And I think that that result and the way it ended and, you know, all the things that you said there and the crowd singing and whatnot, I, I think it, it, it galvanizes us. And I think that, that maybe, you know, again, it's Thursday. It's not the full week. The games are starting to click in, 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 into a nice rhythm again. I, I think we'll win it. I, I, I think we win it just just. Because I, I just think they, they'll have a point to prove, and at home, they've got that little, that little edge about them, like that some some teams can have at home. That where it just, not that we can't handle hostile atmospheres. We've done it before, but I just see it being a little bit more difficult than your average game. Oh no, totally bought into that. Well, listen, we'll leave it there because we're up. Way up, I think we're over the time actually. So, well, we'll let it, let it go. That Jay, as always, pleasure talking to you. Um, pleasure living your experiences through your season ticket. Uh, I'm immensely jealous. And as always, just thank you for your time. As always, anytime's a pleasure. No bother. Well, listen, and a big thanks to the listener for tuning in. We will be back again after Wolves, where hopefully, no matter what the result, we'll be celebrating. Um, you know, whether it be 2-1-2-0-0-0 whatever, we're, we're winning the league it doesn't really matter, we're, we're in a wonderful place so, so it just leaves me to say as usual, Upper Reds <laughs> <laughs>